I was at the position where I had to figure out what I was going to do. I was a 21-year-old widow, mm -hmm. and I had a two-year-old, and my husband was the one with the college degree and the big-paying job. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get into a field where I had the flexibility to always be there for my child and my child's needs because it was just me. Welcome back to the Let's Evolve for Tomorrow podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone, and we help aspiring, new, and existing entrepreneurs excel to the next level in their business by inviting other aspiring, new, and existing entrepreneurs to the podcast so they can give some gems and nuggets on how they reached the next level in their business, how they overcame struggles. So without further ado, I want to introduce a special guest, Vanessa. I literally just met her. She was Really nice to come out and join the podcast. Very appreciative, but I'm going to stop talking right now and let Vanessa introduce herself and give us a little background. Wow. Thank you for having me on the show, Tyrone. Uh, my name is Vanessa Sutton. I am the principal broker of Affordable Real Estate Company, and I have been in the real estate industry for 39 years. I have owned Affordable Real Estate for the last 28 years. So I, I'm a dinosaur in the business. I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, so far as my background is concerned, I have always throughout my career wanted to gain knowledge in a variety of different things because this is what really helps me to assist my clients on a broad base. I was also a Franklin County foreclosure appraiser for 23 years. As a part of my business, I didn't work for Franklin County, but as independently, uh, that's what I did. I have a mortgage background. I was a branch manager of two mortgage companies. I've also um, have experience with uh, home buyer counseling with two different agencies with that because that certainly helped me. I've had information um, that I've gained for short sales and foreclosures, which unfortunately we think we're going to start seeing those come back around within the next 12 to 18 months, so I have a varied background with that, and a um, bunch of other different ones that I've gotten involved with. So very broad-based, so okay. I can assist a variety of clients. Wow, I see. So you actually got into a little bit of government contracting work? Well, it was actually just for Franklin County, and okay. when people lost their homes mm -hmm. through foreclosure, we would go out and do the appraisals or evaluations on those homes uh, before they went into foreclosure. Okay. So I know you mentioned, and I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but I at least wanted to ask, mm -hmm. you said that you see foreclosures happening here within the next 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit, if you don't mind? Yes. Uh, when we were going through COVID, a lot of people did loan modifications. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people probably were in a position when it may have been better for them to go ahead and sell because they put the extra money back on the back of their loan. So now their homes are underwater. And at this point, uh, a lot of people are not getting the assistance that they were at one point, And they're in a position where they may not be able to hang on to those homes. So this is just what the industry is saying right now. I was in a summit just yesterday. That topic came up. And that's how I got the information on the potential of it happening within the next year and a half or so 
Okay. Yes. So is there any type of advice you can give to, you know, to anyone that can, you know, proactively prepare for that? Yes. If you find yourself in that situation, please reach out to a knowledgeable, and you'll hear me say that term, a knowledgeable realtor, because not every realtor has experience when it comes to short sales. And it can be a very tedious and very stressful situation. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing you should do. Second, don't panic. Do not panic. If you receive information from the lender, open the envelope and read it. Because a lot of times they want to help. They don't want all these houses back in the inventory. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that you can do, that's what you want to do it. And with our housing market, the way that it has been with all of the appreciation in homes, you may be better off just selling. Sell the house, take the money, instead of letting it go to foreclosure and you don't get the money. Right. So that's the thing that I would definitely um, tell people to do. So what actually inspired you to get into real estate? Well, with most people, it's usually when they buy their first home and they see what the realtor did. Okay. I was uh, about uh, probably close to 20 years old Okay. uh, when my husband and I got our first home. Okay. And I really liked how the realtor worked at that time. But it just wasn't the right time for me to go into that profession because I had just had a baby. Okay. And husband was like, no way. (laughs) No way. You don't have the time. You're trying to take care of the baby. And uh, wanted to have the the baby a little bit older before I got into that. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, my husband was killed. Mm. He died as an accident on his job. Wow. And I had to move. We didn't live here, even though this was home for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was at the position where I had to figure out what I was going to do. I was a 21-year-old widow, Mm -hmm. and I had a 2-year-old, and my husband was the one with the college degree and the big-paying job. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get into a field where I had the flexibility to always be there for my child and my child's needs because it was just me. Mm-hmm. So as a lot of single moms understand, your mom, dad, sister, brother, and everything all rolled up, and I needed that flexibility to be there for my child. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the things that inspired me to get into the real estate field. Okay. Um, I, after that, I when I came back to Columbus, I was working at a bank, mm-hmm. and there was a lady that would come through the drive through all the time, and I'd look at these nice little checks that she was <laughs> depositing. So eventually, I got up the nerve to ask her, what did she do for a living? And she said, I'm a realtor. Mm. And I was like, wow, you know, it's kind of like a light bulb went off, because mm-hmm. this is something I wanted to do in previous years, but now I saw an opening to getting back into that field. Okay. And she said the next time she came in the bank, she was going to bring me all the information I needed, what schools I needed to go through, and she lived up to her word. So she brought me the information. I enrolled in school, and I went to school at night. And I was very fortunate to have a babysitter that would watch my child to 1030 at night. Wow. Did not charge me anything extra because she wanted to help me make that improvement within myself. And so I did, and I took all my courses uh, passed my test and got into the real estate field. Okay, so how old was your daughter? She was two. At the time? Okay. Uh, at the time I got my license, she probably was about five. About five, so it took three years to get your license? No, um, 
from the time that I first wanted to do it okay. to the time that I actually got the license. Uh, yeah. okay. It doesn't take a long time to get a real estate license. It depends on whether you go to a school called Hondros College or you go to Columbus State Community College. Uh, Hondros, you can actually take all your four courses in the matter of about three or four months. Oh, wow. You can okay. do it on an accelerated level okay. and then pass the test and then you're, you're licensed at that point. So do you take the, the test at the school or do you have to go somewhere else? You to have to the... go somewhere else and take the test okay. through the Ohio Division of Real Estate. So three to four months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and how was it challenging for you to, I'm assuming you still worked for a time, right? So you worked for a time mm-hmm. and then as soon as you got out of work, mm-hmm. you had to go to school. To school. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you feel when it came to like your relationship with your child? Because, you know, there are some people out there who are thinking the same thing. They mm-hmm. want to go into business. Mm-hmm. They know if they want to be an entrepreneur that it's going to take a lot of time away from the family, mm-hmm. a lot of time away from their kids. Mm-hmm. So they just say, you know what, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to sacrifice time with my family. How did you do that? And how did you overcome that challenge? Well, it was a matter of I had to make the small sacrifice for the bigger picture. Okay. And I did miss a lot of time with her because mm-hmm. she was either in school and then come home briefly, go right back out to school. And by the time I picked her up, she was already in her PJs and ready for bed. Mm-hmm. So we just had to make that sacrifice. Okay. So what were some of the, I guess you can say, milestones or turning points in your career? Like, did you just start right out of the gate selling homes or did it take time to kind of build up to that point? It takes time to build up to that point. I was very uh, dedicated that first year. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I would tell anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, you have to run your business like a business, Mm -hmm. not a hobby. Mm -hmm. And too many people are out here saying, I want to do this, that or the other. And they're not putting things in place and they're not being structured Mm -hmm. they don't they don't have a business plan and even though I didn't really know what I was doing Mm -hmm. a lot of things for me was just common sense okay so when I first got in I did do it part-time okay for six months and then I I worked full-time I understood that I would never get to the level of what I wanted to get to if I continued to be Mm part-time now there are a lot of part-time successful real estate individuals that are out there But all in all, in order to really do the business as a full career, Mm -hmm. you need to jump in. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. So I worked with uh, Woodford Contemporary Real Estate. Okay. Uh, Bed Bed Woodford was my first broker. Okay. I stayed there for a couple of years, and then I got married. Okay. So when I got married again, I, at that point, had a baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my baby was born with a severe heart defect, mm. and there was another real estate company that was down the street from where I lived. Mm. So I left that company and went to the new company because of the distance. So if anything were to go wrong with the baby, I was a lot quicker to get home, and that was uh, a necessary fact for me at that time. Okay. So it sounds like the milestone. So when did you get to that point where you, okay, you said you were working full time. Mm -hmm. You you became a realtor part time. Mm -hmm. So when did you hit that point where you said, okay, it's time for me to transition into full time real estate? Yes. And how did you determine that that was the time to make that transition? Well, working full time with um, a regular job did not allow me to assist my clients the way that I needed to. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because everything goes on during the day. Exactly. You know, the lenders are during the day, the title company, you close and you don't close after five. Uh-huh. Everything had to be done during the day. And I just had to make that decision and say, I'm going to jump in both feet and I'm going to keep paddling until I know I can get this to work. Okay. And that's what I did. So if you had to give a little bit of advice, right, to that aspiring entrepreneur who mm-hmm. wants to make that jump into real estate, mm-hmm. and they have a similar situation, right? Mm-hmm. They're working full time. They just got their real estate license. Mm-hmm. They want to jump out there. What would you suggest as it relates to that transition? Well, the first thing is you have to know how you're going to support yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to prepare. So once I got into real estate, I started putting money back. Okay. Because I knew, and real estate is still today, it's very cyclical. I never know how much money I'm going to bring in that month. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot of pending sales. They may not close. Mm -hmm. A person's financing may fall through. So it may be a situation where... I think I'm going to make X amount of dollars, and then I make <laughs> half of what I think I'm going to make. So when I decided to do this, I made sure I had all my bills in order. So I would had no credit card debt, mm-hmm. uh, no car note, and I knew what I needed to survive. Okay. And that's when I decided it's time to make that switch. Mm-hmm. I could always go back if I failed. Mm-hmm. I could always go back and get that job back or get yeah. another job. But if I didn't do this, I didn't owe, I owed it to myself to see if I could make it work. Absolutely. And I had a lot of naysayers, especially uh-huh. my own family uh-huh. and my own mother. And she's like, no, people don't make it in real estate. Everybody fails and blase, blase. That is a true statement mm-hmm. because 87 to 90 percent of the people that get a real estate license mm-hmm. fail within the first year. Wow. A greater number fail within five years. Mm-hmm. So it is a continuous cycle of people coming in and out because they don't realize it's a very difficult, a very time-consuming profession. Mm -hmm. It is not easy at all. Okay. When you have a realtor that makes it look easy, Mm -hmm. that's a realtor that knows what they're doing. Okay. Because our responsibility is to make everything easier for that client. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of training and a lot of knowledge to get there. Okay, so, wow, I didn't realize the percentage was that high mm-hmm. of people that don't make it mm-hmm. in the real estate business. Absolutely. So what are some key pointers that you can give to the aspiring entrepreneur or realtor that wants to go to school, get their license, or they just got their license in? Mm-hmm. You want them to make it in this industry. Yes. First thing they need to do is take every conceivable class that they can take. Okay. Read every conceivable book about real estate. There's a lot of things that are online. There's a lot of things you can get with your Kindle and just read and study. If you can find a good mentor, Mm -hmm. that was the thing that I missed. I never had a good mentor. I had to be my own cheerleader and keep my own self going. Mm -hmm. But if a person is in a position that they can get a good mentor that's going to help guide them along the way... Mm -hmm that's going to make them much more successful. And once again, treat your business as a business. Even if you are an agent, make sure that you keep your money straight with your taxes, have an account for that, have an account for your education. So that way these things are always covered Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be uh, a point of contention for you down the line. Mm -hmm. 
have a time management schedule. Mm -hmm. To this day, my time management schedule sits on my desk. Wow. I know what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to be doing it. Do I follow it every day? No, I don't, because things come up. Uh-huh. Uh, this past week, I mean, I was at a broker summit for the last two days. Today, I had a, a closing right before I came here, wow. so I wasn't able to get in the office for more than two hours to mm-hmm. do what I needed to do. But tomorrow, I'm going to swing back in there, and I'm going to do what I need to do. Well, thank you for the sacrifice <laughs> coming here today. So. Two questions. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned some courses or books, right? Mm-hmm. What courses or books would you recommend if you can think of any? Well, with outside of your regular courses that you have to take mm-hmm. with real estate, uh, designation courses, I think, makes a big difference. I have, I lose track sometime, but I think I have 16 different real estate designations. Okay. And that's kind of unheard of with okay. a lot of realtors. So 16 designations, what does that mean? Uh, The designations deal with things such as short sale foreclosure resource. Okay. Um, I'm a graduate of the Realtors Institute, uh, accredited buyer representative. I also have training in probate sales, so certified probate real estate specialist. The last one I got earlier this year was a seniors real estate uh, specialist. Okay. Because... I'm at that age, too, not that I'm going to give my age away, but I'm at that age, too, when certain decisions have to start being made. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that are seniors and a lot of baby boomers that we have out here, Mm -hmm. we have to look at how we are going to handle our real estate. Do we want to stay in that big house? Do we want to downsize? Are Mm. you in uh, a situation where you're dealing with health issues and you have to go into a nursing facility these are things that we really have to think about Mm -hmm. so i wanted to get trained more in that so that i can assist the people that are in my age range to Mm -hmm. make that transition and to help their families help them make that transition Mm -hmm. so it's things of that nature when i say the courses themselves so where would someone go to find these courses or these or these books that you're recommending Well, a lot of the courses are given through our Realtor Association. Okay. Um, A lot of them are through title companies, lenders. So there's a lot of free continuing education. Okay. Because as a realtor, we have to have 30 hours of continuing education every three years. Mm. Well, I believe in doing about 30 hours every year. Okay. Because I want to stay on top of all the trends and everything because that's what helps my clients my knowledge base is going to help them. Mm -hmm. So I always want to be in a position where I can be their advisor and know what it is that I'm talking about. Okay. Wow. So the second question was, was one other thing you said, oh, how would someone go by finding a mentor in your line of business? Look and see who's doing what. Okay. And a lot of times your mentor is going to be your real estate broker. Mm. Maybe your your office manager. Mm Mm-hmm or someone that's in the company that you look up to. Okay. And if that person is willing to take their time to work with you, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be in a lot better position because they're going to be there to give you the tricks in the trade of what you need to do to be successful in this business. Do you have any mentees? At this time, I don't. Okay. My, My office, most of my agents have been in business between... 12 and 25, 30 years on average. Wow. So I have everybody 
that's there is seasoned. Absolutely. Yes, I would love to get some folks that come into the business. I'm not going to say younger folks because it's just, you know, young in the business, not necessarily young in age. Okay. You know, they all work. <laughs> but love to get somebody in there that really wants to learn the business. Okay. Because, once again, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of hours that we devote to the business in order to really get good at it. Okay, typically how many hours do you devote to the business a day? Uh, I'm anywhere from 8 to 10, 8 to 10, I would say, on average. Okay. Sometimes 12-hour days. It just depends on what I need to do. If I'm out showing homes and it's in the evening and someone wants to write an offer, we're going to write that offer. Mm -hmm. It could be 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. We're going to get that offer in. So that means that the day is going to be a little bit longer. Mm, okay. So, Nate, give us some of your key challenges and how you overcame those challenges. Some of the challenges, when I first started in business, the, one of the biggest challenges was getting people to work at the company. Mm. When I got my broker's license and I opened up affordable real estate, this was back in 1995, uh, once again, everybody thought I was a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out and I secured 2,500 square feet of office space. I bought all the office furniture, all the supplies, and I did not have a broker's license. Wow. I was studying for my broker's license. Okay. But I believe in that theory of the field of dreams. Mm -hmm. If you build it, they will come. Mm. And when I passed my test, I went back and I sat in there all by myself. Mm -hmm. And I looked around and I said, what did you do? <laughs> I love that. What did you do? Mm -hmm. Within about 18 months to two years, I had 25 agents. Okay. And I had an assistant. Mm -hmm. And within the third year, I had an office manager. Wow. And I just continued to, to go at that pace. It got to the point when I decided maybe I don't want to have such a large office mm -hmm. because everybody has a real estate license, but it doesn't mean you're working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? That's true. I would rather have five people that's working than 25 people with five people working right. <laughs> because of your resources, your time, and everything that it takes to maintain. So once I did about maybe five years or so of that. Mm -hmm. I also opened up the mortgage company. So oh. then I had five loan officers on the mortgage side, 25 wow. agents on the real estate side. And then my hair began to get grayer okay. <laughs> because it was a lot of work. Okay. And I realized that my true love really was on the real estate side. Okay, so can we just go back just a little bit, mm -hmm. right? There was a lot to kind of unpack in that mm -hmm. story. So at this point, how long were you a realtor before you decided to become a broker? Well, before I got my broker's license, it was 11 years. Okay, so 11 years. When did you purchase the building? Uh, I didn't purchase it. I rented. Oh, I'm sorry. So I did that <laughs> before I got my broker license. Okay. So before you got your broker license, so you rented the building, mm -hmm. and I'm assuming you took the money that you made from selling properties mm -hmm. to fund it. Yes. So how long did you have the space before you started to fill it with people? You said like a year? No, it wasn't even a year. It was about maybe two or three months before I started getting 
before I got the first person. Okay. It was about a couple months, and then I got another person after that. And then it was only three, and then it was like, they were just coming. They heard about the company, it was exciting, mm -hmm. and they just decided to come on over. Wow. So you got the building. How long after that? 11 years once you officially became a broker? No. I, I was an agent, uh -huh. and then I became a broker 11 years later. Okay. And then in the 11th year, that's when I got the building. Okay, gotcha. And leased the building out. Oh. And then started building the business. Okay. So it was just a difference between the time when I was an agent. Okay. And now I'm a broker. Okay. The only reason I ask is because, again, you know, for somebody who's aspiring to get to your level mm -hmm. is really understanding the steps, you know, to say, you know, I started here. Mm -hmm. And while I was taking, getting, taking a test to become a broker, mm -hmm. You know, I had a vision to get this building. And mm -hmm. right when I was at the end, you know, ready to pass this test, mm -hmm. I decided to purchase my building so I could just go right into it. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And I was fortunate I passed my test the first time. Okay. So, and maybe I missed it, but what, what was the challenge in that point, that in that process? Well, the challenge in there was getting a facility and getting people to believe in you enough to want to come and work ah, because okay. I could have sat there and had all of that expense to myself. <laughs> right. So that could have definitely been an issue. Okay. So how did you um, advertise or market in terms of the position, like the positions you wanted to feel like, was it just word of mouth? Like, Hey, I opened my, and I may be using the wrong terminology. Mm -hmm. I apologize, but I opened my own, what do you call it? Brokerage, brokerage firm. firm. Mm -hmm. Okay, brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. And I'm hiring. Did mm -hmm. you put it in the newspaper? Did no, you... most of it was just throughout the industry and word of mouth. Wow. Okay. People that knew me, they knew I had a good reputation and they wanted to give it a go give it a shot. Okay. So what set you apart from all of the other uh, brokerage firms? Well, everybody was just, you know, kind of beating down your door to come and work with you. You know, that's that's really a good question because I really don't know. It's oh. it was just one of those things where it just happened. Okay. I didn't really go out there and uh ask a lot of people to come. Mm -hmm. It was just people just found out. They knew what I was doing mm -hmm. and they decided that they were going to come and get affiliated with the company. Wow. Okay. So I was going to ask about a success story. And I think you were going there. but So let's go back to you opened this brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. You decided to open a mortgage company, mm -hmm. right? So tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I had a friend in Cleveland, uh -huh. and he had the home office in Cleveland. Okay. And he approached me and said that he wanted to open up an office in Columbus. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn the mortgage end, which was completely different than the real estate end. Mm-hmm. And back in the time when I was doing this, mind you, this was like in the 80s and 90s. Okay. Things were a lot different than what they were. Mm -hmm. When I came into real estate in general, we didn't have fax machines, pagers, mm -hmm. cell phones. We were handwriting contracts on carbon paper. Wow. So the way that we did business then is mm -hmm. definitely not like the way we do business today. Right. So we had to go through a lot more steps than what someone coming into the industry today right. with all the technology that they have in hand. 
Well, the stack's really thick, you know, the paperwork that you had to put oh, together. Oh, my goodness gracious, yes. <laughs> the, well, when it came to the mortgage end, it uh, was, on the real estate end, Okay. we had less paperwork than what we do now. Mm-hmm. We literally had one side of a legal size sheet of paper was our purchase contract. That was it. Okay. Today, it's 14 pages. Oh, wow. Letter size. A lot of changes. A lot of changes. So basically, I'm, I'm assuming more legal jargon was added into the yes. documents. Okay. Because as people made mistakes and did things they had no business doing, <laughs> we had to add that into the purchase contract. And that's why it's now 14 pages. Mm. And then we have another five pages, four, six pages that just changed of a property disclosure. Mm. Then we have two pages of an agency disclosure. And then we have a lead-based payment disclosure. So we have all these forms that we did not have mm-hmm. when I started back in 1984. Wow. So what made you want to transition from just a, a realtor to a broker? Yeah. Well, realtor, to explain realtor, realtor is a trade association. Okay. A person is not licensed as a realtor, even oh. though you will see some realtors go around saying, I'm a licensed realtor. No, you are not. You are a licensed salesperson through the Ohio Division of Real Estate. Your license is a sales license. I Mm. am a principal broker. A principal broker is the head of the company. A company can have different brokers. You can have a managing broker, you can have an associate broker, but the principal broker is either normally the owner or they're the head broker. So that's the difference. And then you have your management level licensees. Mm -hmm. Those are your office managers. So there's different levels when it comes to real estate and how that person is licensed. When we join the National Association of Realtors, Mm -hmm. that's when you become a realtor. Mm. Wow. And then there's also a Black Real Estate Trade Association, National Association of Real Estate Brokers, Mm -hmm. and we're called Realtists. Okay. And I'm a realtist as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, elaborate on that. What's a realtist? A realtist mm, never heard of that. is the <laughs> premier network of black real estate professionals. Really? One of the oldest and largest tra- trade associations, black trade associations that is out there. Okay. And realtors came into being because when you were black, you could not belong to a realtor association. Mm-hmm. And here in Columbus, Ohio, a black person could not even join the Realtor Association to the late 1970s. Mm. That's not that long ago. Right, not long at all. No. Wow. And the only way one even got in is she joined a a white brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. And the way that the rules are... If your broker is a realtor, Mm -hmm. then all of the agents have to be realtors. Mm. So this broker said, okay, well, I know how we're going to circumvent this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hire you in. And her name was Cheryl Churchill. Okay. And hired in another guy Mm -hmm. who I cannot recall his name at this moment. Okay. And so they both became realtors. Wow. And there was nothing they could do about it. See, you know, that's what makes, you know, this podcast so interesting and bringing in people from diverse backgrounds, because there's a lot of things. Well, one, that I'm learning myself. Mm -hmm. And two, I'm sure a lot of other people are hearing this for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
So thank you so much for this information. I mean, and just really diving deep and giving us a lot of education. So the people who are aspiring uh, salespeople or realtors, mm -hmm. right? Aspiring realtors, mm -hmm. they have the education, they have the knowledge behind it before they even start down that, that path. Exactly. So can you give us a success story? Yes, one comes to mind. I had a young lady, single mom, mm -hmm. uh, who wasn't getting any type of support, child support, any help at all, and she had a desire to buy a house. Mm -hmm. We worked together, I want to say, it was about five or six years straight. Wow. That we hung in there. Mm -hmm. And I would consistently stay in contact with her. She worked so hard to save her money, get her credit straight. Mm -hmm. And got into the home. Okay. I sat and cried. And she she didn't understand. She kept saying, well, what's wrong? I said, you don't understand. You are the reason I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Because we worked together for years and years and years. I watched your kids get older. Mm -hmm. And the day you got the key to that house, my heart was full. Wow. Because that's that was the ultimate Right. Of all the sacrifice that she did. And I mean, she sacrificed and she saved every nickel. She split every nickel she did without. She didn't buy clothes for herself or get her hair done or get her nails done. She took every dime she had and she put that money aside. Wow. And we got her into a lovely house. Mm -hmm. Lovely house. So someone that may have a similar background mm -hmm. right now that's listening, mm -hmm. based on that experience, what's some advice you would give them right now in today's market to proactively prepare themselves to purchase a home? And I'm very glad you asked that question because this is one of the things that I get on a big bandwagon about. Okay. <laughs> when people want to take a vacation, mm -hmm. they will research hotels, they will research transportation, they will add their money together, and they'll work on it for a whole year to take a vacation. But when people want to buy a house, and there are homebuyer seminars that are out there, and they don't take the opportunity to come and learn how you can successfully become a homeowner. Mm -hmm. I advise people one year out. If you're thinking you want to become a homeowner, that's when you start doing your research. That's when you start getting connected. That's when you get with a realtor and sit down and talk about it. Talk about not only what are your wants, what are your needs? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have to determine that. You may want this four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house in Pickerington, you know, two-car or three-car garage, but your budget... <laughs> It's telling you, you need to live somewhere else. Exactly. There are so many down payment assistance programs out there right now mm -hmm. that are geared to black and brown individuals. Mm -hmm. A big swing. Okay. Up to fifteen to $20,000 that mm. people can get for down payment and closing cost assistance. But if you don't take the time to find this information out, you may be walking around saying, I wish, and it is that you can, but you're not taking the opportunity to learn this information. Mm. Ask questions, and ask questions of a professional. Mm -hmm. Don't go to mom and dad and sister or somebody that bought a house five <laughs> years from now 
and they're trying to tell you how they did it. Mm -hmm. This whole market has turned upside down since COVID. Mm -hmm. Totally upside down. Mm -hmm. Housing prices, everybody sees it on the news, they're reading it in the papers, it's all true. Mm -hmm. Housing prices have skyrocketed. Interest rates have skyrocketed. Interest rates right now, and they're, uh, all indicators are there's going to be another interest rate hike before the end of the year. Mm. So interest rates are going to be in that seven and three quarters to eight percent. Mm -hmm. For all the people that said, I want to wait two and three years ago, mm -hmm. and I can think of a few people and I said, don't wait, mm -hmm. don't wait. Well, we're going to wait. We're going to wait till the interest rate went down. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, you could have bought a house in the threes and fours. Mm -hmm. Now you're in the eights. Right. That could make the difference on like a two hundred and maybe fifty thousand dollar house. That may be eight nine hundred dollars a month more mm -hmm. than what you could have done then. But it's still and always is a good investment to buy real estate because you're going to gain equity in that house. You can always refinance if the interest rates come down. Now, it is an indicators out there that the interest rates may go down next year. Mm -hmm. But nobody really knows what's going to happen. Exactly. Because you could have never convinced me in my life I would have seen an 8% rate again. Right. Never. <laughs> Ever. Right. You know, and I remember when interest rates were 18%. Mm -hmm. People still buy. Mm -hmm. They still invest. Because a house is an investment. Did you say 18%? 18%. That was back in the 80s. Early wow. 80s, it was 18%. Wow. When I bought my first house in 1979, mm -hmm. 78 or 79, it was 12.5%. Mm -hmm. When I closed my first real estate loan as a real estate agent, mm -hmm. my client's interest rate was 14.5%. Mm -hmm. Nobody blinked an eye. Hmm. Because the rate was what the rate was. Right. The whole point was I'm getting an investment. Mm -hmm. And that same house that I sold on Bryden Road mm -hmm. for $68,000 mm -hmm. back in 1984 mm -hmm. is probably worth $450,000 today. Wow. So that is one reason why you want to get in and invest. I looked at people that I represented that bought homes like, 2018, 2019, mm -hmm. turn around and we closed on those houses and got them in other houses. And they were getting 50, 60, 70, $80,000 in their pocket. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Factual. But I if they didn't buy, look where they would have been if they continued to rent. Because mm -hmm. you know what you get when you rent a property at the end of your lease? Nothing. Your security deposit, if you're lucky. Exactly. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you didn't tear the place up. Right. But you could have went and purchased a home mm -hmm. and sold that two or three or four years down the line and walked with thousands of dollars. You know, I've noticed too, right? So a lot of people are purchasing homes, mm -hmm. at least back then, right, when the interest rates were lower a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Sold their home, made a nice profit. Mm -hmm. But then they took the profit and put it into a larger home. Mm -hmm. So what, what are your thoughts on that? As far as in today's market, do you feel like those people will be upside down in their mortgage? No, no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Because prices have continued to rise in Columbus. One thing about Columbus, Ohio, 
the last statistics that I heard, we were number, I think number five, fifth, fifth hottest housing market in the entire country is Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Look at all the development that we have in Columbus. We mm. have major, major companies moving to Columbus. Mm -hmm. You have all the Intel stuff. Mm -hmm. You have Facebook. Mm -hmm. You have Google. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happened over the years with Nationwide Children's Hospital. Absolutely. That's not going anywhere. Right. And what happens when you get all that development? Mm -hmm. You get a whole bunch of people moving in. Very true. So when you look around Columbus, everywhere you look, I don't care what side of town, mm -hmm. you're seeing apartments coming up. Yes. Because we have to have housing mm -hmm. for the influx of all these people mm -hmm. coming into to the Columbus area. Now, what that's done to the housing market is we have an inventory shortage, mm -hmm. a huge inventory shortage. Mm -hmm. This started several years ago when the housing market crashed back in 2008. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of builders that had to stop building because nobody was buying. Right. We needed the consistent growth of these subdivisions in order to house people, now we're behind. So we're years behind on the amount of new housing that we need mm -hmm. in Columbus. Right. So now you have a bunch of people looking at the same house. <laughs> so the sellers are getting multiple offers. Uh -huh. It's taking much longer to get into a home mm -hmm. because you have to look at more homes, mm -hmm. you have to make more offers, and you have to spend a whole lot more money. Right. And I have another question about that. But before I go to that question, so if you can't give us some failures, right? Well, before I go there, what's mm -hmm. the difference between a realtor and a real estate agent? Or is there a difference? A realtor is a real estate agent okay. that belongs to the National Association of Realtors. Okay. So as long as they're affiliated with that trade association, mm -hmm. that makes them a realtor. You do not have to be a realtor in order to sell real estate in the state of Ohio. Hmm. It's a trade association. Okay. So if your broker is not a realtor mm -hmm. and you are with a company that's not realtor aff affiliated, mm -hmm. you still have a real estate license. But you still have to be licensed, right? You have to be licensed. You have to be licensed. Right. Okay. And your license is not tied to being a realtor. Hmm. Okay. It's a trade association. Wow. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. So share some failures with us, you know, like throughout your journey, throughout your, your path as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I would say the cyclical nature of the business mm -hmm. is what I've had to really overcome. Okay. Outside of personal health issues. Mm -hmm. uh, that's had been a major issue over the last few years. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the cyclical nature of the business... Even the difference of last year to this year, most people's business is down anywhere from 35 to 50 percent. Mm -hmm. That's across the board. That's not just real estate brokers. That's title companies. That's lenders. We are all taking a big dive from what we did last year mm -hmm. because the interest rates have risen so much. Mm -hmm. It has knocked a lot of people out of the business. I've always been very fortunate to hang in there mm -hmm. by the grace of God. Absolutely. And I've had to have a lot of prayer at times to say, let me just make it one more month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have had those times in my career when that has occurred. Okay. So 
I've never had any major, major failures mm-hmm. with my business. But like most entrepreneurs, I've had a lot of ups and downs okay. when it came to the business. So what would you recommend someone do to prepare to become a broker? Because it seems like there's a lot of responsibility as a principal broker. It is a huge amount of responsibility because not only are we responsible for ourselves, we are responsible for everyone that works underneath us. Wow. So if that agent goes out there and does something crazy, mm-hmm. the broker is also on the hook. Mm. So we have to be very careful. Uh, we have to make sure that we keep all of our agents educated mm-hmm. on all of the new trends that are out there. And the real estate business right now is getting ready to go through a major shift within the next 18 months. Okay. Um, that would be a whole nother podcast to talk about (laughs) what is going on in the real estate industry right now, but it is not good at all. Okay. So people need to prepare themselves Mm -hmm. in advance. Okay. Don't sit there and wait until the ball drops and then say, what am I going to do? Uh, biggest thing I always tell people is control your finances. Mm -hmm. You need to live on what you need to live on. Mm Mm-hmm. Not all you want to get out here. Exactly. A lot of agents get excited when they get that, especially when they get that first big closing. I mean, big, big closing. Mm-hmm. You know, they may have made a fifteen, twenty thousand dollar commission, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're just going hog wild crazy. <laughs> well, you may have done it this month. You may go three more months mm-hmm. with nothing. Right. So you have to learn how to budget your money. Okay. And keep that together. Okay. So, again, that aspiring realtor mm-hmm. or real estate agent. Yes. Right? Someone in the business mm-hmm. when it comes to budgeting. You have mm-hmm. your ebbs and your flows. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say is the ebb and flow in real estate as it relates to being a real estate agent? Like, what are your good months, your bad months? Well, it, it's, it's really strange with real estate. Everybody thinks that you're going to make the bulk of your money in the summertime mm-hmm. or in the springtime. And I've had several years when between September and December mm-hmm. would wind up being the better months. I never really know how that's going to pan out because okay. there's really no consistency when it comes to real estate. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can project all day long, but you have to see what's the actualities of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I could tell an agent is, number one, you need to network. You need to let people know that you're out there. Mm-hmm. I would give a speech at times, and it's called Don't Be a Secret Agent, mm. because there's a lot of people out there, and they'll say, my next-door neighbor sold their house. They listed their house. Well, they didn't even know you were a realtor. Mm. And just because you got a real estate license doesn't mean you're still <laughs> in, because as I said earlier, 87 to 90% of the people fail uh-huh. in the business. So right. they may not even know. If you're not putting any advertisement out there, you're not on social media, you're not letting people know what you do, They have no concept of what you do. Absolutely. So that is your number one thing Mm -hmm. is to get out there and let yourself be known. Mm -hmm. That is your number one thing. Okay. And structure. Right. You know, I'm a very structural person. You need to know exactly what you want to do. You Mm -hmm. need to have a business plan every year. So this time in October, Mm -hmm. I always look at my projections for the following year. What do I need? What do we need to decrease? What do we need to increase? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much income is it that we need to break even? Mm-hmm. 
So these are all the things that you need to look at. Don't get January, February, and then all of a sudden you're sitting around saying, how many houses do I need to sell or how many people do I need to talk to? Mm -hmm. And I break mine down to how many people I need to talk to per day mm. in order to get where I need to go. Absolutely. So in your industry, especially as a real estate broker, how do you stay up to date on the trends? I stay up to date on the trends because I read a lot. Okay. I read a lot through, like, there's a, a newsletter uh, online called MN News. Okay. It talks about all the trends of what's happening in the country. Mm. Uh, even with our National Association of Realtors, there's a lot of information online. And like I said, I, I read every conceivable article that I can mm -hmm. so that I know what's coming up. Mm -hmm. because it's my responsibility to keep myself educated and I need to give those nuggets to my agents so that they know what's going on. Absolutely. Okay. And what's some advice that you would give to that up and coming real estate agent or aspiring entrepreneur? One of the things I would really tell them is you have to work your business as a business. Mm-hmm. You have to really look at it. You have to have your time management. You have to have your business plan. You have to get out there and network. Mm -hmm. As I said earlier, you have to get out there and stay on the pulse. You are responsible for the largest expense that one person normally makes in their life. Mm. If you do not even understand how to interpret the purchase contract mm -hmm. that you're putting in front of a person's face Absolutely. to sign... I have a major problem with that. Absolutely. Okay? You have to know. People are coming to you for your knowledge. You are the expert. And everybody doesn't know everything. That's why you have brokers and managers. Mm -hmm. So if my agents get stuck on something, they know they can pick up that phone. Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give them an answer to that question. And if I don't know... I'm going to find it out because I'm going to research it or I'm going to go to another broker that may know the answer mm -hmm. and make sure that they are able to give that information back to their client. Mm -hmm. I take it very personally when I work with my clients. I am not going to do anything for that client or to that client that I would not do for my own family. Absolutely. Uh, especially a lot of single females, and that is the bulk of my business. Mm -hmm. I have been in those shoes as a single female when, when my husband passed away. Mm -hmm. So I look at things from a different perspective. And a lot of times I think being a mother, I look at things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. That's why the vast majority of real estate agents that sell residential real estate are women. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of the women. Commercial, the vast majority are men. Mm -hmm. But for women, the vast majority are female. I've noticed that. Yes. Okay. Because it's a lot of nurturing that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in a whole transaction, you, you may be the psychiatrist, you may be the, <laughs> the, the confident, the big sister, uh -huh. you may be the, the marriage counselor, you right. know, it's a whole lot that goes into it. And I've come away with a lot of good friends in the industry. Okay. Uh, people that I really care, people I'd love to hang with if I had time. Right. You know, just a busy, busy schedule, but a lot of good, good people. And I stay in contact with them. My job is not I've sold the house mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you never hear from me again ever in life. Mm. 
I like to know what's going on. I keep up with my clients on Facebook. I like to congratulate them when they have birthdays or anniversaries or if they got a job promotion, I reach out to them because I genuinely care. Mm -hmm. So it's not to me about making a sale. Exactly. That's not even it. Right. I always say, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. The bonus is getting paid for it. Exactly. Right. The money will come. Mm Mm-hmm. And as, as a real estate professional, don't chase the dollars. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. They look at it, it's like, I just want this commission. I want to. It's not about the commission. Mm-hmm. It's about the person. Right. It's about that single mom who wanted a house so bad. Mm-hmm. And she has these kids. And now these kids have a yard to play in. Mm-hmm. All statistical data would tell you that people that grow up in a household tend to come out better in life. Because they have that stability. They have that family home. They're not going from place to place to place to place. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. So that's what I want to see. I want to see that person be successful and get what they have worked so hard for and keep it. Not just get it. Keep it. (laughs) No, that's that's some great advice. Mm -hmm. So with you being so so busy, right, Mm -hmm. and such a successful entrepreneur, how do you balance your family life and your your business? That has always been a challenge for me. Okay. But when my kids were little, I made sure I never missed not one. Mm -hmm. And if my kids were here right now, they'd tell you, (laughs) not one parent teacher conference, not one band performance track meet drill Mm -hmm. team nothing i always made sure that i was there for those special times in their life and spent that time with them as much as i could Mm -hmm. because real estate is such a demanding field Mm -hmm. and a lot of times consumers and clients don't really take into consideration that we have family and lives too exactly so i can't be on when you're trying to call me at 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. i'm spending that time with my husband Mm -hmm. and my children they're they're grown women now but when they were younger Uh that's when i'm helping with homework Mm -hmm. that's when i'm doing laundry and going to the grocery store and cleaning house you know you have to have time for those types of things in your life as well okay so you've given a lot of knowledge a lot of education, a lot of stuff I didn't know. So I'm assuming at this point a lot of the listeners didn't know, but they know now. Mm-hmm. So in case they want to contact you mm-hmm. for mentorship or mm-hmm. even just some ideas on some courses that they can take for mm-hmm. a continuing education, mm-hmm. if they're looking to you know, come into your house and serious about becoming a real estate agent, mm-hmm. how can they contact you? Well, they can call me on my cell, okay. and my number is 614 614- Eight three two seven 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 one. My email address is Vanessa, and that is spelled V as in Victor, A N E S S A at afford hyphen realestate.com. Uh, they can visit our website at www.afford-realestate.com. Our office is located on the east side. We're on fifty three twenty East Main Street, Suite four hundred. And that's Columbus, 43213. And we are close to No Bixby and 270 in that area. Okay. And that's how, how they can get a hold of me. Okay. And how can they find you on social media? Uh, social media, I am on Facebook, okay. LinkedIn, okay. Instagram, okay. and Twitter. All right. And you just, just type in affordable housing? Is that uh, what you said? On Facebook, the company Facebook one is, I think it's 
Arco, A-R-E-C-O, Central Ohio. Okay. That's the business one. And then the other ones, they can just put my name in and then something will pop up. Perfect. So we'll make sure to put all of that information down in the description. We want to thank Vanessa Sutton with Affordable Real Estate. Real Estate. I was mm-hmm. going to say affordable housing. Affordable yes, Real Estate. We want to thank her for showing up at the Let's Evolve for Tomorrow podcast. It's been a lot of information, a lot of gems, a lot of golden nuggets. Please make sure to reach out to her, reach out to her staff if you do have any questions. But hey, thank you for joining the Let's Evolve for Tomorrow podcast where we help aspiring new and existing entrepreneurs excel to the next level by inviting other aspiring new and existing entrepreneurs to the podcast where they can share their key challenges and how they overcame them. We'll see you next time.